My name is Sophia Ansari. And I'm Breck Warren. And Breck, this is like full circle for us. <laughs> I know. Because our first episode, our first episode was on the Miss Marvel comics, and now we get to talk about the TV show. I mean, uh, look how far we've come. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I agree. I agree. I'm so Jeez. excited to talk about this show and how much I love it and how much it's meant to me and just can't wait to geek out over over the show. Okay. Uh, well, that, I just <laughs> we're we're all here for that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'll try to contain myself. Sometimes I get a little too too much, but uh, you know, I just before we hopped on here, I got a text message from my friend's nine-year-old daughter, Alina. Shout mm-hmm. out to Alina. And I introduced her to the Miss Marvel comics. Hey, and so she she's read them all. Oh, wow. Super fan. And she just texted me. She wants to talk about the show. So oh, I told well, her, hey. I'm going to talk to you first, and then I'm going to call her right <laughs> after this. Uh, but I was just thinking about about her and and my son and so I we threw a, a launch party for this show. I think oh, I sent wow. you some pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I had like the cake I had a cake made with a fist coming out of it. I mean very <laughs> like, like there you all go. Hey. and I remember getting a little like emotional seeing seeing like Alina, seeing my son, uh, wearing their Miss Marvel shirts, um, with her holding her Miss Marvel doll and oh, celebrating the superhero that really represents our history, our culture, mm-hmm. our faith. Because I never had that growing up, and, right? And you, and you saw the premiere date, right? Like the day it premiered, right? If I did, me- yeah. The, yeah the, the, reason, exactly. the reason why I asked that for those that don't know, I live in uh, northeast Wisconsin. And there was a storm on Monday. And, no, Wednesday. Because my daughter had softball. We actually had a softball game. And the game actually got canceled because of a tornado warning. And and as one of the head coaches, I'm like, all right, girls, come on, let's hurry up, hurry up. And the other team started lining up. I think I told you the other team started lining up. You know how you're supposed to, you know, good game, good game, good game. The other team did that. They lined up instead of just running off the field, getting their stuff. And so I was like, oh, oh okay, okay, run back to the field. All right, good game, good game. You know, okay, now hurry up and run home. And so our power was out until Friday afternoon, I believe. And I didn't get to see Miss Marvel until a couple of days later. Actually, no, a couple of weeks later. So yeah, that's true. Because I kept <laughs> geeking out over it, and you were, and I was like, "Brick, have you seen it?" And, and I was like, "No, we got I no was, power." <laughs> I felt so bad. I kept telling you to hurry, and that's why it took so long for us to even record this episode because I was waiting on you, and I'm like, "Brick, come yeah. on, you watch it," because. Like, I, I had to, like, I couldn't give you any spoilers, right? And mm-hmm, I couldn't give right. your thoughts on things. And so, no, we, we celebrated it, and it was amazing. And okay. it's something that I have never experienced her age, my son's age. They're both the same age. Oh, and, wow. Uh, I, you know, I couldn't have imagined celebrating a superhero, again, that shares my culture and faith. And I collect everything Kamala Khan. I mean, I don't even have room for all the Kamala Khan merchandise I have. <laughs> And, and I want to also thank all my friends out there, including you, who send me Miss Marvel stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I was talking to my therapist about this. I mean, poor, my poor therapist has heard heard about Miss Marvel <laughs> since, <laughs> since it came out. But, you know, she said something. 
that just reminded me and she said that you know we never outgrow our need to be seen and known mm, right that's true. we never outgrow yeah. that and so for this show for the comics for the character in general she's made me feel seen and valued mm-hmm. and and that's why she just means so much to me so yeah, I can't, you know, say enough of how much I, I love this character and how much she means to me. I love the casting of the show. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I love the, I loved who they got for Miss Marvel. I feel like they didn't cast a Kamala Khan. They found a Kamala Khan mm. because literally Iman Vellani is, she is a geek. In yeah, I was, I was reading something because I, I, I believe she's from Canada. And there was an interview with the comic shop. I guess it's across the street from her school or her middle school, something like that, her high school. And she would always go in there, and the comic shop owner actually, you know, said, hey, I think you like this, and gave her, you know, her first copy of Miss Marvel. Yeah. So, you know, this is someone yeah. who didn't, oh, let me go do research on the character. No, she already knew who Miss Marvel was. You know, she, she was ready to go, like, oh, yeah, I know about her. Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. Yeah, she she shared this story. I don't know if it was on The Daily Show or something, but she said she had dressed up. They, the school had, like, a costume day, mm-hmm. and she dressed up like Miss Marvel, and everyone kept saying, hey, cool Flash costume. Oh, <laughs> and <goodness. laughs> and she had to carry the – she had to go back across the street and get a Miss Marvel comic book and carry that around uh, so that whenever someone came up to her, she'd be like, no, see, it's, it's Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's not the Flash. And I laugh at that story when I heard it because that happened to me. I went to – to a, oh, a comic con wow. and i was wearing a miss marvel shirt uh-huh. and there was like a there was a guy we were all walking up the stairs and he was like oh nice flash shirt and i'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so oh, i totally geez. related to that story and now i'm just hoping because c2e2 is coming up on mm-hmm. sunday and i'm gonna be dressed like her as always okay i'm hoping this time around people know oh yeah am, right? oh yeah they're gonna know this time <laughs> I exactly and that that's that's amazing. So I'm I'm excited about that. But yeah, no, I love the cast. I think they did a great job uh, with, you know, all the people that they picked. Uh-huh. Um, and so I love that. I I love the aesthetic of the show, you know? Yeah. Kind of Scott Pilgrim sort of vibe. Oh to yeah, it, definitely. Right? Definitely. I mean, I really you, like that. when they get inside, you know, Kamala's uh, imagination yeah. and, you know, show what's happening. And um, yeah, definitely Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, you say that, I love it's like, yes. yeah. I like the music. I love the colors. I loved all of that. Uh, the music, especially just because you know I listened to a lot of the music that they played. There was a lot of mm-hmm. old stuff. So being Basie, and for those of you who don't know, Basie is just a term uh, that means anyone from South Asia, so India, mm-hmm. Pakistan, and Bangladesh. And so, yeah, all the, all the all the cultural references, the music, uh, and I just love the fact that it was a wholesome show. Like I could actually watch. Yeah, it I was with I was son. I was just about to say that because you talk about representation, how important that is to watch with young kids. Like yes. for those that don't know, which you probably do, I love Luke Cage. Like like that's yes. my guy, Luke Cage. I actually, my wife for our anniversary, she actually got me the Luke Cage omnibus. So this oh. big, thick, I think it was like forty eight issues slammed <laughs> into one book. For anniversary. And um, I can't watch Luke Cage on Marvel. Well, I guess now on Disney Plus with my kids. There's there's, right. there's too much there's too much in there. Like some scenes, yeah, we can watch. And some scenes, like, all right, you guys got to go. Um, exactly. You know, him getting shot. Okay, cool. Him taking Misty up night, uh, Misty night upstairs for coffee. No, nah, we, can't, we, can't, we can't see that. Um, so, 
you know, like you said, it was a nice, wholesome show. Like, me and my kids are watching it, and usually they're like, yeah, okay, cool, Marvel. Like, like we just saw Thor. And then we started watching uh, Endgame the other day, and my kids were like, that isn't like Thor we just saw. And da, da, da. So, but Ms. Marvel, they were like, yeah, let's watch it. Let's all sit down and watch this. And they loved it. And it was like, well, I can't watch it without them. So, I, so that takes even longer. Because then they're like, okay, oh, Charlie, you got soccer. Oh, Lucas, you got whatever. So it's like, all right, finally got time. Can all sit down. Let's binge a few episodes. And, yeah, we got through it. And like you said, good, wholesome show. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I also loved that they didn't have to explain all the cultural nuances. So they would be speaking Urdu, but they didn't translate everything. And yeah. that's sort of like what they did in the Spider-Verse movie with Miles. They didn't translate all the Spanish. No. They just It's just normal, right? It wasn't presented like exotic. Mm-hmm. It was just presented like this is a normal American girl's reality. Come yeah. on. And the culture isn't exotic. It's just normal. So I, I love that. The Basies had their own little inside jokes, but then Uh everyone else could also appreciate some, you know, jokes as well. So I just, as a whole, it was, it was great. Good, wholesome, fun, good show. And, and yeah, representation. Gosh, we can, we can talk about that because, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, people have been asking me a lot about what this show means to me, but really, you know, what does this show mean to just Muslims and, and South Asians as a whole? Yeah. And, and, you know, we've discussed this before, even in, I mean, in every single episode we do of Hero Nation, we talk about diversity and representation, and we sort of go over the statistics of what, what's out there mm-hmm. and how it's important to go over that stuff because... You know, media really informs the way we perceive people, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we digest media, we take that in, and it, it really does shape how we see groups of people. And we know that Muslim characters are missing on the screen. I mean, when oh, they, man. Uh, you know, we don't see them. And when they, we do see them in the movies and TV shows, they're depicted with those dangerous stereotypes. Yep. Terrorist number three. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, wait, exactly. what? Good? Yeah, yeah. Movies and shows like that, I can, you know, they are very harmful. Mm-hmm. And I know for me personally, I felt the ramifications of that. Because when people see me, they immediately judge me before they get to know me, right? Uh. Um, because again, it's, they're watching what's out there, the, mm-hmm. scary, the scary stereotypes of Muslims yep. or the subservient women or, you know, all of that. And there was a report that the Annenberg Inclusion Initiative uh, put out a couple years ago, and we always cite them because they're sort of the leading research when it comes to diversity and inclusion, especially in the media. And they reviewed 200 popular films, and they actually Jeez. found that 90.5% of them didn't even feature Muslim-speaking characters <laughs> at Jeez. all. 90% of our movies and media don't even have Muslim characters. And when they do have them, 39% of those Muslim characters are shown as terrorists or perpetrators of violence. And that's a insane number. <laughs> so, yeah, geez, man. I know. And they also found that most of them, when, you know, to sort of, I guess, hone into that otherness, most of them didn't <laughs> spoke with um, an accent, right? Oh, so most boy, of them had yeah. accents. And it said, I've got the report here, it says it also found that 100 U.S. films surveyed, not one featured a major Muslim character in a present day U.S. setting. So all of these were like from the past or history or something like that. So 
Yeah, that's not good. Uh, so, you know, shows like Miss Marvel, right? They're yep. important. And yeah. they're important because they're tearing down those myths and those stereotypes. And didn't we talk about in our first episode, we talked about some other Muslim superheroes because there are other ones. Yeah, Green in, Lanterns the, out there. And I know exactly. HBO Max is, you know, producing the Green Lantern show. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've got Simon Boz. Yeah. And, and even in the Marvel Universe, we've got, we've talked about Soraya, you know, a.k.a. Dust, mm-hmm. right? And we've talked about how, gosh, she, she played in so many of those tropes herself, right? Yeah. And she could turn into Dust. And yep. she's, you know, it, she was problematic in so many other ways. And so that's why Miss Marvel is just so unique and different because she really is just living her life. Yeah, she, you know, exactly. it's not exactly. it's not overblown. Like, like to go back to dust real quick. You know, I think Wolverine rescued her from a refugee camp in her first appearance, and right. she thought her yeah. friend or her roommate, <clears throat> excuse me, was you know dressing inappropriate because she had on shorts and a tank top. Right. And then you see Ms. Marvel like, oh yeah, just living my life, just going to school, talking with my friends, arguing with my parents, you know, stuff that all people can relate with. You know, exactly. no matter what your cultural background is. Right, and so yeah. and we know, and we know, Soraya wasn't written by a Muslim uh, writer. <laughs> we no. know, you know, so it, that was the thing is about having authentic writers. So, Miss Marvel, she's just, uh, I mean, it's just a, a universal appeal, and mm-hmm. and that's why she's just so so important. And I think there, there's been a lot of criticism for the show, uh, and I don't know if you've read any of the negative reviews of the show no, and I, could, not the you know, I could care less yeah i <laughs> you mean know, I... <laughs> you, at the end of the day you're gonna like what you like and you're not gonna like what you don't like i mean exactly to yeah. to go off of that i know this is we didn't even talk about this but thor 11 thunder i haven't seen it yet i was supposed to but i didn't get a chance i felt like something was lacking in that movie now if okay. you loved it okay cool bet that's you but yeah i was like eh, okay <laughs> I mean, that's... Well, yeah that's the problem is a lot of the criticism is from people who haven't even watched it honestly oh and yeah I, uh... I think that's that's a lot of it uh, i know there was some hate group or something that was like bombing the the ratings on i, I don't know if it was I, imdb or something and i know there was some millions no they were against Thor. hold on wait i'm sure they were against miss marvel but there were groups against miss marvel too yeah you know Oh, they're not showing Christianity. It was because she's not a Christian, and most superheroes don't. You don't see them going to church or mass or whatever else either. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you know. I've heard some criticisms even from from Muslims, and uh. and and from what I've heard and what I've you know sort of like the conversations I've had. It's uh, it's a lot of them are. First of all, they're people who haven't even watched it. And mm. I think the reason why they don't even give it a chance, like I have a lot of friends, right? And I'm like, oh, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And and they don't even want to give it like a chance. And the reason for that is because I'll just tell you as a whole, we just become so desensitized to these things. Like we don't even want to try because we feel like we're not even going to have meaningful representation. Mm. You know, like I already know when I'm watching a show and there's going to be a Muslim, like I, I hold my breath, like, Oh my gosh, what are they going to do? How are they going to represent us? And I think people just don't want to get hurt over and over again. And because they're just continuously being represented 
so harmfully right. and that they don't they don't even give it a chance so they just That's roll their true. eyes at That's it you know true. and yeah. and so i know with watching this show i felt that lifted off my shoulders like mm. I, I i was holding my breath going into the show <laughs> <laughs> and and then it lifted while watching the show but i like i said i know a lot of people but then then there's also a lot of muslims who say well that's not completely representative and i think that's so unfair too because we're not a monolith right like mm-hmm. there's no way we can capture the experience of 2 billion muslims but there's no way a show can do that right. this show is is capturing the experience of this one family the khan mm-hmm. family and I've been telling friends, you know, if there's something you don't agree with or you can't relate to, don't throw away the whole show because of one thing you don't like. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can't do that. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get people to come over to the side and say, hey, give it a chance. <laughs> but again, I just think a lot of the criticism is, is from people who haven't watched it. And that's a shame. But I know it got really great ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, if that even means anything to people. Yeah, uh, one of their highest rated uh, Marvel TV series shows. So that made me super happy yeah, about that. I mean, so. again, it goes back to the you like what you like. Not everyone's exactly. going to like it. and but But at least you should give it a chance. You know, like I'm always like, I know when The Mandalorian first came out, I think you were a big fan of that. Um, I have students who were big fans of it. And I was like, and this first episode was boring to me until the end. I remember you saying that. And, you know, I I watched it more than once. Like, all right, maybe let me give it another shot. Which was like, no, give it another shot. And I did. And I still felt the same way. I mean, end of the first episode, okay, cool. But I, I, I stopped after that. And then I jumped into the second season, and I was like, oh, this is way better. Um, but you like what you like, you know? And exactly. at least you, but at least give it a shot. At least give it a try. Um, Absolutely. I yeah. Knew- and you. No, no, go ahead. No, you, you were saying something about um, some of the groups out there that were complaining about the religious aspect, like the, they weren't showing a certain religion, they were only showing Islam. And, uh-huh. you know, I was thinking back to, you know, if you think about. All the other movies like Moon Knight and I'm assuming Thor and and Eternals and all of Mm -hmm. that, they all explore themes of spirituality. They do. Because if you, you know, all superheroes are deeply intertwined with their spiritual beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? And so we see that in all, and I, I just love how deeply connected even to like Moon Knight and everything. I mean, all of that was through like the spiritual exploration so it's not like miss marvel is the first person to explore that either right. you know the, the, that faith piece of it so yeah yeah i know so we're talking about miss marvel and marvel and comics in general but even wonder woman you know yes. when wonder woman was reintroduced in the new 52 relied heavily on greek mythology which you know some people were praying to zeus back then some people were praying <laughs> you know to the greek pantheon and you know that's Hey, that's religion, and again, I don't remember Wonder Woman getting, you know, oh, I hate it, oh, all these threats, ah, I'm going to boycott, or oh, it's so bad, and yet, you know, now I think maybe with the internet being so prevalent, people could just start a group at the drop of, that, of a hat, maybe that's what happened this time. True. But again, true. give it a chance, see what give it, it you know, see what you do like about it, because everybody can find something in there that, that they're going to like. Exactly. She's just universally relatable. Now, let, let's talk about her powers in the show, because I think that was one of the, the things that people were, like, disappointed about, yeah, you know? And and so we know in, in the comic books, she's got those 
stretchy sort of elastic yeah, and big and fantastic yeah exactly very like the, the shape shifting she can do all of that and in the show in the tv series she's got more of that cosmic uh, sort of glow yeah. I, it's more it reminded me of like the green lantern stuff oh, right I can see that. yeah yeah, <laughs> right? yeah definitely so, yeah, and so we can talk a little bit about, you know, why why did the show do that, first of all? And then, you know, how do we feel about it? And does it even is it even a big deal to us? I mean, uh, you know, since we're just talking about how we feel about the show, I've, I've heard from other people they didn't like it. They felt disappointed that, you know, they didn't stay true to the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know, like, from what I've been reading, that the producers wanted to better align the MCU Kamala with where MCU is currently, right? Mm-hmm. So they haven't talked about inhumans or any of that stuff and i think (laughs) they were trying to make it to make it fit right with with the mcu where it is currently i don't know i mean i don't know breck she can still stretch and grow yeah i mean and she did you know last episode um you know she even said her you know her her catchphrase well she said in biggin she did and got big um but i know a lot of people said that was kind of like the the x-men or the x-woman uh armor you know, because armor kind of that—that's kind of her power. You know, she's like in a case in in this light hard shell, well, not light hard, but light construct sh- like shell. Right. And you know, she is able to do her thing. But the powers with Marvel, I would say, the only thing I didn't like is, and if you're trying to skulk around, or spy on somebody, and you're bright, okay, they're gonna see you. <laughs> you know, <Exactly. laughs> can't can't be like Batman and stick up on somebody. But overall, I thought that they did some amazing things with her power, and just yeah. like all other heroes, you know, she did. She wasn't a master at them at first. She didn't even really understand. She didn't even know what was going on. You know, the first time she used them, I mean, she haphazardly, you know, she was trying to help and cause some problems too, and that just shows the growth of the character. You know, from the you know the first episode to the last episode. Obviously, absolutely, and you know, absolutely. instead of just oh, he knows how to you know Superman. Oh, he knows how to fly right away. Oh, he's so good with his powers. Da da da. And you see her growing, and I mean, her and Bruno even go into you know a training montage, you know, of how you know, okay, I could do this, or I could do that, and or even you know when she tries to save the boy, you know, her first you know quote unquote superhero excursion. Because I think he says something about, why did my arm get broken or something like that exactly. later on? <laughs> I love that. You know, there was a little uh, Easter egg there. I don't know if you caught it, but he was wearing the shoes. He he was the one that stole Nakia's shoes. Oh, <laughs> did you notice that? No. Go back and watch it. Because yeah. when he's hanging off the uh, the ledge there, you see the shoes and those are Nakia's oh, shoes. So he's, he's the little twerp that okay. stole her shoes at the mosque. Okay. She, <laughs> no. That was something she brought up too. She's like, oh, the mosque thief strikes again. Exactly. That was the that was the kid. And I, I love that you, you mentioned the beginning part and how that happens at the end. And then you mentioned like she has to go through so much and then yeah. she finally gets there. Because I did read a quote from a writer that said, and I have it, I like wrote it down because I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. You know me, I got my journal. Yep. So and the writer says that Kamala's real power is being from this matrial line of four generations of women. Mm-hmm. It goes back to this idea that your power is in your family your power is where you come from and your power is in who you are so so when she in biggins she in biggins at the very end yeah. and it's sort of a metaphor 
for her growth, right? Like for this internal change, she had to go through all of this. She had to learn about her roots. She had to meet her grandmother, go back and save her grandmother, meet her great-grandmother, right? And all of that, it's like when she's embiggening, she's embiggening, she's not just herself, she's all of those generations of women, right? Mm. And she's encompassing that community. And they even show the community banding around her and protecting her. And so it was very metaphorical that that whole scene, when she finally gets to to do that, is, is really, again, just a... Uh, a metaphor for her community and the internal change in her her journey. Uh, so I, I love that that they thought about that and they they put that in there because it was such a big moment. I remember you texted me, yeah, and you're like, she she embiggened. <laughs> that was such a a big part, right? We were looking forward to that. Yeah, because so again, that. going you know, her, yes, her powers are different. Yes, some people would be like, oh, I don't like that, blah blah blah, but. But at the core of it, you still see Kamala. You still see Miss Marvel. You, her heroics, her personality still shows through all that. Yes. You know, and so to see, oh, well, they, you know, they, they obviously, you know, they, hey, you know, we want, we want to give the fans, you know, their Easter. We want to let them know that, hey, we hear you, and that, you know, we're doing the best that we can, and you know, and we're doing all these things. But hey, look, she said him biggin, and I don't know that was just, I was like, oh man, she said it. Oh, it's so great. I know. And then, like you, like you said, I was like, oh, "I'm sorry, it's so late." But she said it. <laughs> I, know, I know you said that to me like two in the morning. I'm like, "Yes, Brett, you did." But finally, you caught up. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, I, I, I love that. And you know, I had just mentioned, you know, she had to go through this journey to get to that point, mm-hmm. right? To, to yeah. Megan, and she had to go through searching her roots. And so, let's talk a little bit about the partition and, and yeah. all of that, right? Uh, because and I'll say and I mean it's been a while since I've I've read the the comics but I I know they mentioned the partition of the comics but it only had maybe like two pages and it wasn't like a big part of the storyline mm-hmm. right I know I know I I think I remember the bangle in the comics mm-hmm. the grandmother talked about how they used that to sneak in like heirlooms and things in the bangle yeah. when the when they were crossing the border uh, so you know it was sort of it wasn't really talked about a whole lot in the comics. So I loved that they brought that into the show. Yeah, and, I mean, that was a whole episode. It was. And it was. those were my favorite episodes. I know it wasn't for a lot of people. But, I mean, again, I mean, for me, it's a different... There's a whole other connection there, mm-hmm. right? And so for, for the partition, it wasn't just this this background story that they glossed over. It really makes... It helps her make sense of her identity and her powers. Mm-hmm. And that... That episode was very emotional to me because, you know, my family went through that. My ancestors went through that. My my great-grandmother. And I know my mom's told me stories about growing up with my great-grandmother who, mm-hmm. who went through the partition and how she was just never... I mean, she, she, I remember my mom saying like, you know, my grandmother was just not a happy person. She was just, she was just sad. She was just always waiting until she Mm. could go back home. She was always waiting like, oh, when we go back home. Uh, And so, so just to give like, maybe just like a really brief history on the partition i won't take like too much time on it because i'm sure after that episode a lot of people started googling and i was i was one of them exactly you were (laughs) i I love that the show tricked people into learning something is what i keep saying like i always that's kind of like when it came to bitter root you know when we talked about the tulsa massacre a lot of people were like i didn't even know this happened right i think 
And, I, yeah. I was going to say after the first episode of Watchmen, I think somebody said that yes. some Tulsa Massacre website crashed because so many people were looking at, at their research because, again, that's one of the things we don't know. It's not talked about. You know, exactly. bring it back to this, the partition. I had no idea what that was. I'm like, oh. And, you know, now, you know, we're so lucky, lazy, whatever term you want to say to find this information. I was just like, hey, Alexa, what's the partition? And then, you know, it gives a description like, oh, let me look up more. And, you know, smart TV is like, oh, we can put on YouTube right there and learn about it. So, again, me and my children, we all sat there and watched, learned something that, you know, we never would have learned before if it hadn't been from Ms. Marvel. Exactly. No, I, I love that. I love that it's teaching people about history that really has been erased because when you look at what we learn in class, like even with the Tulsa Massacre, all of that stuff was erased mm-hmm. from the textbooks, right? Yeah. On purpose. And so same goes with, with this. And so in, in 1947, the partition, it led to this creation of two independent nations, India and Pakistan. And it happened after the British uh, colonial rule in India. And it really was the single greatest migration of people in human history. I mean, that's why it's so surprising it's not talked about, because 12 million people became refugees, and about uh, 500,000 to a million people were killed during all of this, right? And so everything happened really quickly. The The British, basically, they just decided to leave. Like, oh, we just want to leave. <laughs> and they, they had already caused so much damage in the area. They had caused this rift between Muslims and Hindus. That's basically how the British ruled. They created division. Yeah. Because before they even came in, there was no sense of the other. Like, everyone was Indian, regardless of their religion. Like, Muslims and Hindus got along. There was there was none of that us versus them sort of stuff going on. But the British, that's that's how they ruled, is they divided and conquered, right? Yeah. So they caused this rift. And so by the time they were ready to just leave, they had caused so much just civil discourse and tension in the area uh, that they, you know, they just, they had to do, they had to create the, the partition. They weren't forced to create the partition, they just created an environment where people felt it was necessary. Mm-hmm. So then some random British guy who really had no idea about geography or maps or anything, he literally just took out an old, outdated map of India. It wasn't even like the current map. <laughs> and he just drew a line. That's all he did. He just drew a line. And the line was so random that it even separated villages. So what, you know, one day you're in the same village as your neighbor the next day you're in different countries like that's literally what happened right and so when this all happened they said okay here this is the divide muslims go here this is what's going to happen and everything just happened in such a panic because remember there's there's no social media there's none of that kind of stuff back then just everything was word of mouth yeah Exactly. So everyone is panicked. And there's just, I mean, just imagine you've got to pack up all your belongings and you don't even know what's going on. Like, are you going to come back home? Mm -hmm. You know, what's happening? And yeah, everyone, including my ancestors, my great grandmother, uh, you know, we were we were wealthy in India, apparently. Uh, I would never know that because in Pakistan, generations after, there's been no money, right? Right. We were forced out of our home into poverty uh, when they settled in Pakistan. But yeah, they had to grab what they could. And you know that whole train scene yeah. that they had? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. People that riding was... on top of the train, everybody. Yes. 
at, yes. you know, hey, was- take take my child. Like I, I, I always watch shows with, with captions on, so I don't want to miss anything. And, I mean, there was somebody in the background, take my child, or I think it was take my daughter, or something like that. Something about take my child, you know, because it was the last train, unfortunately, yes. at that time. So, I mean, people are desperate. I mean, you say that all the time, you know, they'll, you know, save my child, save my, you know, my children, you know, get them out. Even if I can't make it out, at least I know they'll be safe. Right. You know? And I, I'm, I'm glad that you, you even took the time to read those because the, the voices and the conversations that we hear in that scene are actually drawn from recorded oral histories mm. found in the Citizens Archive of Pakistan and the Citizens Archive of India. So those were actual real accounts of what happened. Wow. Yeah, and, and that desperation that you talk about, it really reminds me of when we uh, when we pulled out of Afghanistan, you know, mm-hmm. and remember all the people who were clinging onto the airplane yeah. Yeah. That, di- that even died? So it, it was very, it, it just reminded me so much of that desperation of just wanting safety and to get out. Yeah. It reminded me of the, the same thing. And, and yeah, exactly, that's what happened. And people would get on these trains and they mentioned something about blood trains and and that that was a thing it happened when all of these people would get on these trains there would be looters that would come on the train and they would kill everybody on the train and they would kill everybody on board and when the train would arrive at their at the end destination they would just be dripping in blood mm. because there would be no survivors and sometimes the only survivors on the train would be children who were hiding under their parents bodies mm. and so and my great grandmother saw all of that she saw that happen she saw people even take their own life she saw people begging to get on the train. I mean, she saw all of this happen. And like I said, my, my mom's passed down the stories of what she heard from, from her grandmother. Um, and it's just heartbreaking. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I just, uh, I don't know. I The show, of course, I've always um, been interested in learning about my roots. And I don't know, Breck, if you've ever gone back to explore your roots yeah. uh, and, and have an understanding. But there's a quote that, I don't know who says it, but they always say, um, they say, we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and just to think about, like, what people before you had to go through and the sacrifices and the pain and the suffering they had to go to so that we could be here today. Mm-hmm. I mean, so gosh, true. I, just... I, I know my dad is big on, you know, finding out as he got older, you know, where are we, where are we from? Yeah. So he traced us back. I don't know how many generations, but back, I know we, our family originated from South Carolina, from South Carolina. We moved up to Pennsylvania and from Pennsylvania. You know, he left and came to Chicago, but then another group of my family went up, uh, to Detroit, so we're able to you know trace back and where everybody was. And I mean, my dad has all these pictures. My great uncle, my great uncle Barney, he lived to be ninety three, I believe. So he lived a full life in his house. I mean, he bought this house. It used to be a restaurant. My dad was saying, "Oh yeah, they used to have you know because you know at the time, uh, black people couldn't go. Did it? Did, you know they there was segregation, obviously." Um, and so my, gr- my great uncle, he would host these parties at his house, you know, so that would be like, that would be like the place to go on the weekend if you were black to hang out at, you know, at Barney's place. Um, just big backyard. I mean, it reaches all the way down to the river. I can't, I can't explain how big, you know, this plot of land is. And this house is so small. 
Um, but you know, my dad is doing all these rehabs and they found like all these old newspapers from the 1850s, 1860s, you know, when the house was originally built and they were using insulation and you just, there's just so much history, you know, just around you. If you know where to look, you know, even like you just said, within yourself, within your family, you know, there's all these important things that you can find and all these important things that, that you just come to discover, you know, about your own past. I mean, I'm finding out, you know, I, I never met my grandparents uh, from my mom or my dad's side. They were all dead by the time I was born. But my mom, you know, like before she passed, she would tell me stories. My dad, same thing. Like, I have a picture hanging up of my grandfather, who I never met, World War II veteran, you know, him and my grandmother. She was a nurse. You know, that's how they met. Um my great uncle, same thing. Like he served in World War II. He got to be he got he he served in France. So, you know, there's all these things that you would never know unless your family just sits down and talks about your family history. Right. You know, right. and that's where the partition is is so important for Miss Marvel. Like I remember when they were walking through the market, you know, um Kamala's cousin is giving her like this history lesson. She said he says something about, Oh, this is where the refugees first came when they first came. Uh, to Pakistan, and you just see it, and you, 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 I mean, for anybody whose family has moved, like me, I moved from Chicago to Wisconsin, and even my kids the other day were like, so daddy, like, you moved to another, like, no, not states, it's countries, and it's just so amazing, you know, hearing these tales, because everybody has some kind of tale of moving, even if you just go to college, or even if you just moved, you know, just once in your lifetime, you know what that's like to move, what a big deal that is. Now imagine not coming back or, you know, having to move everything in a, you know, quick amount of time and having to get out and having to escape and having, to, you know, the threats of violence and death, you know, around you as you're leaving. I mean, we talk about how moving now is a big pain. Imagine this extra stuff added on to it. Like you don't even know where your, de- your final destination is. At least when you're moving, you know where you're going to. I mean, these people had no clue what was, what awaited them, what life was going to be like. And, exactly. Man. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I think like that's a good point that sometimes like shows and media like this really facilitate dialogue, you know, with our yeah. families and with our kids. I know friends of mine have been saying I've been sharing with my kids about our history, mm-hmm. and I've been thinking about how. So my, my great-grandparents, you know, they they went through all this with the partition. So they were forced out of their homes, right? And then my grandparents were little, so they were forced out of their homes. Yeah. And then so they lost their identity. They lost their money. They lost their relationships. And then my parents growing up never felt like they had a sense of home because you have to remember that like our like their grandparents were always saying oh when we go back when we so they never felt like Mm. where they were in Pakistan was home Mm -hmm. you know people even name streets after the places they used to live in just to try to make it feel like home Mm. so when you go to Pakistan a lot of the streets are from villages that they came from in India like that they're named after those villages but so my parents never felt like they had a home. Then my parents had to migrate and they moved here to the United States, right? And so I think a lot of South Asian parents really operate out of this fear that they don't want their children to lose their culture, a lot of that. So there's a lot of this, you know, in a lot of South Asian families, there can be like a lot of parent-child conflict. And it's because I think that every generation has not had a home and there's been these migrations and now where I'm at, 
I mean, look, I only moved from like Ohio to Illinois, so that wasn't like a mass migration or anything. Uh, So I am really the first generation not forced to move. Mm. I am the first generation not forced to move. And so, yeah, I've been just thinking about all these these sacrifices that Mm -hmm. my ancestors made and and especially my mom and like i said this show it wasn't just a a show about a superhero um but it really was uh sort of a portal to the past and helped me to sort of understand better understand my my family history and and culture a little bit more so uh, and i love that and i loved even you know them using the bangle like her Mm -hmm. family heirloom as the vehicle for her superpower. i I was gonna say you talk about you know a portal you know to the past Mm -hmm. Literally went through a portal. She did to the to the past, <laughs> you know, really to discover these things, discover these origins, and to you know further just learning about her own roots. Exactly. I, mean, I think they, yeah, man. it's just beautifully done, right? Yeah. Unlike her mom, Kamala, she doesn't try to run away from her identity. She actually yeah. tries to to you know uncover more mm-hmm. and tries to straddle these these two different worlds. Um, and so yeah. politically. It can be really hard to portray something like this uh, without pointing, you know, fingers in any direction. And I think they did it really well. They didn't, you know, blame one side or the other. All they wanted to do was show this family story of, mm-hmm. of trauma in this chapter of history and then give us all sort of this like sense of empathy, right? That there yeah. was pain on all sides, on the Hindu sides, on the Muslim sides. It's not this us versus them. We were all suffering. Yeah. And I think that they did that. That they did that well enough, so I could appreciate that. But yeah, and, I mean, and I also think it's interesting as a person who likes history. It's one thing to read about something; it's another thing to actually see it. Like absolutely. we all, we all know the story of Pearl Harbor. You use that as an example. I always use that when I talk with students about stuff. But to see the movie Pearl Harbor, to see the effects. Now to bring that over to Marvel to see the effects of the partition. Yeah, it's one thing. Okay, yeah, okay, there was lines under the, but to see it. It just brings a whole nother level. And like you said, that, you know, the, the the lines from that scene are from actual, you know, oral and recorded history. That even adds extra, you know, just an extra sense to it, I guess. That's the best word I could think of. And, you know, where it brings it all together. It's showing you, hey, this is what happened. Um, and that's so powerful to actually see it and hear it and, you know, to, you know, just learn more about it. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, like I said, I didn't. What's that? Let me start doing some research. And absolutely, yeah. Hey, no, I t- I totally agree with that. I mean, just to have that your feelings put into actions yeah. on, on TV and all, and and then history to put into action on TV, it it yeah garners that that sense of empathy in a whole other way than just just reading about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes we need to see that. So no, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, like I said, like you know, this show explored. So much, so much, so much more <laughs> than you know I would have ever. I mean, it just gave me. I'm just so happy with it. It gave me everything I wanted in the show, and it was a, a really great experience. And I love all the now all the theories that are surrounding it. Like, oh, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. And where are we going to go into the you know, into the next movie here with Captain Marvel yeah. and Monica Rambeau? Yeah. And I know we're going to do an episode all about Monica Rambeau so that yeah. we can she can get her flowers her to too. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that will be fun. I loved. There were so many Easter eggs in the show. I would I would write them down if I caught them. I don't know if you caught any, but there would be like small little things that would be odes to the comic book. 
Like when they were, Bruno and her were sitting on top of Circle Q, there's that Edison Electric Company sign. Uh-huh. And that's a throwback to the villain in the comic books. Remember the inventor? Yes. And remember he's like half, what is he, like Thomas Edison, half cockatiel? Yeah, some some kind of bird. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. I, man. Exactly. Yes. I love that. I love that little ode. I love that her photon gloves were sort of a, a an ode to Monica Rambeau, right? Mm-hmm. Bruno makes her those photon gloves. Yep. Um, there was just there was just so many. I just love the sweet little hints here and there that that if you read the comics, you'd be like, oh, I see that. And, and, um, and just like you said, yeah, if people don't like her powers, then like, the, but like you said, they're doing all these little fan service things that are in there. And you know, I know, you know, I think we you know even talked about that TikTok of the one guy dragging himself on the floor, trying to you know talking about how hard it is to watch Ms. Marvel to understand the, the next movie, and it's like eh, you don't got to do all that. Um, just watch it and enjoy it. And if you notice something, you'll notice it. Like I said, if you're a true fan, you'll notice these things in the background. Or if you're a new fan, like, oh, I wonder why they were sitting up there. I wonder, let me more learn about Bruno. Because this Bruno we can actually talk about, unlike the other one in Encanto. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or we should call him Brian. Yeah. Poor, poor, yes. poor Bruno being called Brian. I felt Yeah, boring. he's like, I really thought your name was Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was interesting how they changed uh, some of the characters like Cameron. Yes. In the comics, we know he, I mean, he's a villain yeah. in, the, in the comics. But did you notice that the show did a lot of these sort of, symbolic representations where they they put him in blue a lot and they put him in blue light so i don't know when he's coming out of the pool he's like uh, surrounded by blue light so again that's sort of a nod to the comics because in the comics kamran can glow like he has that blue i don't even remember it's like some he just turns blue and he can glow and um shoots energy blast or that's something. the real nightlight I'm just yeah yeah exactly that's the real nightlight so they the, the, the show and then they would put her in purple throughout the show yeah. so it was it was sort of neat how they were using that color to to signify though their powers uh, yeah. from the comics uh, and so, yeah, just so many great, great little Easter eggs. Even um, Sana Aminat, the you know the creator, uh, she makes her Stanley cameo moment in the wedding scene. A lot of people missed that, but I saw it. It was she's in the in the scene with the wedding, and she's sitting at a table, and the camera pans to her, and I'm like, oh, that's Sana. That's uh. the creator of Miss Marvel. And then G Willow Wilson. She makes a cameo at the very, very end as well when they're showing all those TikToks. Yes. And she's the one that says, oh, she looks familiar. Or so, she has, <laughs> she, so I love that they had their little Stan Lee moment yeah. there. And yeah, they just, and I love that they recreated that classic comic book panel where she sits on the lamppost at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah, I love that. So there's a lot of, there's a, it's a love story to the comics. Yeah, so it, it truly is. Just, it really, it really was. And I think... Um, I'm excited about moving forward. We can sort of talk about our theories moving forward. What what do we think is going to happen in the in the Marvels movie? Hold on, before we... before we jump into that, sorry to interrupt. Sure. But if you want to read more, first visit your LCS, your local comic shop. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know where one is, just Google it. You'll you'll be able to find one. Um, if you're in Illinois, I know there's a gang of graham crackers and some other smaller ones out there. Um, if you're not in Illinois, sorry, I don't know where to go, but again, Google and then also Hoopla. Like I know we talked about Hoopla a lot. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much a, a digital library. You download this app, you enter in, you know, what city you're in, your library code, or your library num- card number, 
And then you'll be, there's a wealth of stuff on there. I know I use it for, like, oh, look at this comic. Favorite, favorite, favorite. And then, you know, you get to it when you get to it. And the best thing is when you, when you quote unquote borrow something, it returns it automatically. So never a late fee. Um, you could download it, you know, read, but again, or just go to your regular library. And if they don't have this Marvel, you can ask them, hey, can you order some of this Marvel? You know, I really want to read about this character. Because most libraries are real respective when people go and ask, hey, we don't have this. Can you order it? Um, I know my library is like that. They're cool like that. Um, so I hope yours is too. Anyway, sorry. Okay. <laughs> just want to plug that. Yeah, just want to plug that real quick. I know. No, no. You know, that's really important because we're always, I mean, we talk about comic books for the most part. Yeah. And for, I know you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. So for you, a lot of, that's sort of the gateway to reading for a lot of kids. Is they don't yeah. like reading, but they'll pick up a comic book and a lot of kids will learn how to read through mm-hmm. that comic book, right? And so, yeah, I... I, I'm always, you know, I, I'm so glad that we have like these two pieces of works of art. We have the TV show, but then we also can appreciate a whole other work of art with Miss Marvel through the comics. Like yes. we get to be introduced, you know, to her twice, which, gosh, I'm just, I feel so lucky to even have that <laughs> because they're so different from each other, but they're also alike in so many ways. Right. So, no, I think that's important to, I, I really hope people do pick up the comic books and, and get to know her um, through that way. And, yeah. And she gets to, I mean, gosh, the comic books are so neat because there are all these cameos from other superheroes. That's I mean, what I was going to say, yep. She, she gets to fight alongside Wolverine. Yep. I was right? going to say, that there's a, I was actually at our library yesterday and I actually yeah. picked up Miss Marvel meets the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And it's just all her, you know, her, like you said, meeting Wolverine, her meeting yeah. Lockjaw, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., her being an Avenger, if you didn't know she was an Avenger, for real, exactly. for real. Um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, the rest of the champions. And if I'm saying stuff, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Again, Google is your friend. Google is your friend. Your library is your friend. Your comic shop is your friend. Because yeah. there's just so much stuff. I mean, the Marvel Universe is so big and so expansive. I mean, you'll find whatever you're looking for, honestly. If yeah. you want to read more more about some, you know, Southeast Asian superheroes, there's the Agents of Atlas. Because they're a... They're a Southeast Asian team, you know, made up from heroes from Korea, from India, from Pakistan. Um, I forgot where else everybody's from. But there's just so much stuff out there for you to look at and enjoy and read. And you'll you'll find your you can definitely find someone who is like you. You know, oh, again, absolutely. going back to representation, just how important that is, because that's important. I mean, man, it's just good to see yourself. Yeah. Whatever, no, I, whatever, I however it. you identify, however you are, there is a you somewhere in the Marvel universe. It took it took long enough, but there there is some some out there, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, took, it took long enough to get there, but no, I I always like your enthusiasm. Everybody knows you as the the comic encyclopedia. Yeah. So if anyone ever needs any recommendations, <laughs> uh, Breck is there. But Breck, I, I do want to hear your thoughts on the end, the very very end. Okay, when the M word comes up, and we hear that little X Men. Little riff, and little yeah. I was like, that was the first time I was like, oh, you, there's a mutation, and then and, 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 and I was like, oh, yep. that's X Men. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so yeah, what do we what do we think? What, uh... I, I think it's interesting. I, again, I, oh, it's not like the comic. Well, you know, nothing's gonna be a hundred percent like the comic. Civil War was not 
the Captain America Civil War was not how it went down in the comics. Trust mm. me. That Civil War in the comics, way better. Check it out if you can. Um, but back to Marvel, the mutation thing was interesting because I, again, you know, Google's your friend. We've been saying, and I guess that was originally the big thing for Miss Marvel. She was originally going to be a mutant, yeah. but because um, Marvel Studios, so the movie side, didn't own the rights to the X-Men stuff back then when Miss Marvel first came out. Their big push, Marvel Comics, their big push was the Inhumans. Um, and if you've ever saw the TV show, or even if you haven't saw Disney+, Plus, I still haven't checked it out, I'm not going to lie. Um, but there's so much stuff out there. But to, in particular with this, she was supposed to be a mutant. Um, but instead, she became an Inhuman. And of course, you can't, well, I guess you can have the Inhumans. They talk about it in Age of the Shield, the TV show, yeah. and the Inhumans had their own TV show, but it wasn't that popular. So now that Marvel Studios has the license to the X-Men library again, they can, hey, guess what? She's going to be a mutant now. And I'm fine with that, you know, honestly. Um, it'll be good to see some mutants in the MCU. I'm not mad at it. Um I know a lot of people, oh, they're changing her. And you know what? That's fine. That's to make it all fit to have this cohesive universe. I'm totally fine with that. Because if you read the comic, her transformation and how she got her powers was way different. Because I know I was watching the show like, oh, how are they going to talk about the Terry G and Miss? How are they going to do the cocoon? How is she going to do it? So trust me, I was wondering how they're going to do it. And as a person who is, you know, you just go with the flow, I'm fine with it. Hey, it makes it fit. Sometimes you got to pound that square peg into that circle, into that circle hole. But with Marvel, it, it actually fits. It feels right. It doesn't feel like they're forcing something. Um, and again, it sets up future things. Um, I know I mentioned some TikTok of some dude some dragging himself on the floor about how hard it is to watch this Marvel but again, if you do, if you didn't watch Miss Marvel, you'd be fine. And I think the MCU does a good job with that. Like if you didn't watch Moon Knight, uh, you'd be fine. If you didn't watch Miss Marvel, you'd be fine. But I don't think you need to make some haterish video because it's not right. it's not about you. I mean, calm down. <laughs> exactly. Just 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 wait a few months and you'll see yourself. Trust me, old boy. Um, yeah, exactly. Man. Like, I know that one really got you. But. Yeah, because it's like, man, dude, how many movies know, have that people was, that look in, in case you don't like you? Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a white dude dragging himself on the floor talking about how hard it is to watch this Marvel. It's like, come on, man, it's not. I know. Not Let everything's going to be for moment. everybody. Exactly. Let me have my moment. But Jeez, it's, really, yeah. it's, it's hard for anyone to yuck my yum anyways. I, I don't let them. I just say, you know, you have a lot of heroes and, yeah. and things you can love. And this is mine. I'm not going to let anyone ruin it for me. And, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think you know, they need to do what they need to do. And, you know, whether mutant, inhuman, whatever it be, it's fine. It, isn't it also sort of a ode to the comic books, I don't know, we can, I can it's, maybe this is a stretch, but you know the um, Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, didn't she fight with the X-Men in the Avengers Annual 10? I think we talked about that. Yeah, because, again, here's some history in case you didn't know. Okay, yeah. so Rogue eventually, everybody knows Rogue, again, thanks right. to the X-Men cartoon. She was originally a villain. And Mystique was her adopted mother and sent her against the Avengers. And... You know, Rogue's power, you know, skin-to-skin contact, you know, she gets the powers and memories. But with Carol Danvers, she held on too long. 
and they even explore this in the in the, the cartoon series about how you know her memories were getting uh, confused. Professor X was trying to help her out, and she had she was able to get Carol Danvers Miss um, Marvel powers at the time, and Miss Marvel, oh, not Miss Marvel, but uh, Carol. <laughs> teamed up with the X-Men because she was feeling a bit lost. I mean, you go through a trauma like that, you know, imagine losing a limb or losing something. This was akin to what Carol was feeling at, at the time. And so the X-Men were in space because that's what the X-Men do sometimes. And they were captured by the brood, I think, with like this alien. They're called Sleezoids by Kitty Pride. Um, and... She was experimented on, and because, you know, her background is, you know, Cree, in case you didn't know, it really is now, um, she became binary and got these crazy, you know, powers. If you've seen it was a Marvel movie, or even if you skipped it, but then you saw um, Endgame, those, you know, just how powerful she is, take that hit from Thanos. The origin of that comes from the X-Men. Uh, I want to say it's X-Men 166, you know, where you see her flying through space in her quote-unquote binary form. Um, And I only know that because I recently got that issue, just on a whim. I was like, hey, I don't have this one. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, hey, there's binary flying through the sky in the second page. Um, But, yeah, it's it's amazing how, again, you get those callbacks, you get this stuff, and it all connects. You it know, does. so it makes it's it's not too far of a, a stretch, and no, uh, maybe Miss Marvel, maybe Kamala will be like the Jubilee and the Rogues. You know, it's right. always some that young female, true. yeah, right? It's always a young female that introduced us to Professor X, and yep. it was always that's how we were always introduced to the school. So yeah, maybe maybe Kamala will be, you know, this generation's Rogue or Jubilee, and uh, I, and I'm okay with that, and I like that, and uh, her personality is just going to mm-hmm. be so fun when. I mean, like I like you know in the in the comic books when she fights alongside Wolverine and how adorable <laughs> that interaction was, because <laughs> yeah. he's like an old man. Yeah, and he's like, all right, kid. Like you know, he's like this old man has a hard time healing. Or so mm-hmm. I remember that whole interaction. So yeah, we'll see what happens in the movie. But we now I do remember when you finished the show, you you. And I know since then, I don't know if your mind has changed about whether at the end she oh, transformed yeah. we into talked Carol about Danvers. This, yeah. yeah. So, no, I believe that she did not transform into Carol Danvers at the end, right? So right. we can talk about that because and, and I see that in that when you see Carol's face, she's like surprised about where she is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if it was Kamala, why would she look around her room and be like, oh, what? What are all these pictures, right? Mm-hmm. She she wouldn't. So that that was the the notion that I got is that yeah they had switched places and then you know I went on the Reddits because I love I'm very active <laughs> on that and and yeah and people were talking about the Nega bands yeah. the Kree Nega bands and uh, how we see in the comic books right in the comics Marvel and Rick Jones had these bands and whenever they would get. I don't know, like clang to get clang together. together yeah. yeah, they would switch places. So, do you think that might be what's going on here? I think it's possible. Again, again I don't know. I don't know. That's why you know, at the end, you know, Miss Marvel returning the Marvels. It's kind of cool to see what's going to happen with that. You know, yeah. is it the Negavans? Is it you know? Because I because I looked at it as oh, she turned into Carol, which happened in the I comic. Know, and exactly. she's looking around so the audience knows, oh, that's Captain Marvel. Because, again, 
if you're just like how you know, I'm like I don't, I don't think my children have seen Miss Marvel or not Miss Marvel. I've seen Captain Marvel. No, they they know what that is. But okay, so if you're an audience member, like oh, I'm checking out Miss Marvel because she looks like me. I'm gonna check this out. Never saw anything Marvel before. I'm gonna watch this, and that's how a lot of people got introduced to MCU through Black Panther that same way. That's so true. if you've never seen anything, like oh yeah, Kamala was talking about her. The first episode, oh, yeah. So that's how I took it, you know. I think either way would be okay. If it is the Nega Bands, hey, I'm all for it because maybe we'll see. Well, no, we saw Marvel in the Captain yeah, Marvel movie. so that's the thing. I know, but yeah. then it's like where they are in the MCU. Well, so so what they're saying is she's she could be in the negative zone yeah. because that's what happens when they clink them together. Like Rick Jones would go to the negative zone mm-hmm. and the negative zone is like this, I don't know, this realm of antimatter and yeah. there's a there's a villain. You've talked about yeah, Nihilus. Nihilus. You're, you're telling me about him. You were yeah. telling me he's like a Thanos level Yeah, because I mean, so, it, it took all the space of the cosmic heroes to band together to, you know, stop this annihilation wave that he unleashed uh, a couple years back. Um, so, yeah, just so much stuff that, you know, they're bringing into it. So if they're in the, if they are in the negative zone, that'll be interesting because the negative zone usually gets explored by the Fantastic Four. Yes. And they showed, uh, they, they showed Mr. Fantastic in the uh, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. the, that multiverse, the madness of multiverse. If you, if you haven't seen it, our bad. But, oh, yeah, but, sorry. But, but you should have seen <laughs> well, it. I think people, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they showed him, I know, because we're talking about multiverses, mm-hmm. right? So there's yeah. some, there's something there. So I don't know. I think, yeah, like I said, I think they, they switched places. I think, and I think, you know, even Kamala mentions in the show, like you just said, Kamala's like, everyone's like, oh, where's Carol Danvers been? And Kamala's oh, like, oh, I think she's on, she's on a break. Well, she wasn't on a break. She was probably in the negative she zone. Was, yeah, she could have been so. trapped. So, yeah, trapped in the negative but, zone. And you so. know, reaching back to Monica Rambeau, maybe that's why yes. she was needed, quote unquote, up there. Maybe Fury was trying to contact Carol, couldn't know that Monica has these new powers. Hey, she knows she's coming. You know, yeah, there's all these connections. It's all connected. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. Get on the Reddit boards. You'll, you'll thank me. <laughs> no, it's it's good stuff. I know there's so many, like even like the, the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. you know, the connection between that and the bangle. Yeah. Uh, and then even, you know, even with Moon Knight. Did you watch Moon Knight? Yeah. Yeah, I saw okay. Moon Knight. So even, you know, when they're, they've been talking about the veils and these different realms and universes, mm-hmm. you know, and you think about the Nor dimension. The whole time when they were talking about the Nor dimension, I was like, oh, is this like new Adelian, like from the, the comic book? Like in mm. my mind, I'm thinking, oh, what are they going to do? Is it Because yeah. remember, you know, but that that doesn't sound like the direction they were going in. But uh, yeah, there's there's just so many connections. They found the bangle on a blue arm. Remember when they yep. were in that... Yep. Uh, crypt kind of area so that could be Cree. that could be Cree. that's what i thought of right away I'm like oh it's a blue Cree. yeah so see there's there's a, there's a lot that they can set up for you know maybe carol monica and kamala defend the earth from yeah there's just so much because yeah. i just I, as sitting here i was thinking we know we didn't even talk about clan debt clandestine oh clandestine clandestine yeah, yeah we didn't even talk true. about that for, but but real quick they're a group of magic users um, different in the comics and the show, obviously, but hey, still cool to see them. All right, back to back, back, well, back no, to the Well, no, actually, wait, can we talk about them for just a moment? Yeah. Because, yeah, it's because, so I had to look that up, and I know you said you did too, and you're, yeah. I, mean, I know, you know. I mean, even for the most avid comic book reader, like, Clandestines is so old school. Yes, it is. 
It goes like how many years? I should I just say old school because Spider Man will be old school. I would say this came out in the nineties. Oh, so <laughs> why do I think it was so much older? <laughs> so way so way back in the nineteen nineties. Or as my kids, my kids love say, back in the day, was <laughs> it like this day. back in the day for you, daddy? <laughs> blah blah blah. blah. I was like, but yes. So so the the clandestines that we get introduced to in the show. So they're supposed to, so one of the guys on that team, his name is Adam, and mm-hmm. that's sort of a throwback to the comics, because in the comics, the clandestine's uh, leader was Adam, and so everyone's like, oh, that's sort of, you know, a little a little throwback to the comics, mm-hmm. but now I read, and so I haven't read the clandestines, but I read that in that comics, they actually uh, represented Muslims very poorly, mm. like they did some stereotypical representation in that too. But I don't know. Have you read it? You no. Read it. Well, I mean, I've that, they were first introduced in Marvel Comics Presents, and that was the anthology series. They would have four stories per per issue, and there were some characters that were introduced, some that took off, some that didn't, obviously. Um, but yeah, I don't remember much about them. Like I said, that was. I think I got their first appearance and some, you know, some comics, you know, from the comic shop I used to go to in Chicago, All-American Comic Shops. Carl's not retired. Shout out to you, Carl. He would have 19 cent sales. And so I would go in and get a bunch of comics. And I know I've gotten some just based on that. You know, if you see somebody, uh, again, just like with the MCU, they connect it all together so well. Like you saw, whether it's her or not, you saw Carol Danvers at the end of Miss Marvel. So that connects it. And that's how I bought my comic books. Like, oh, I know who Spider-Man is. Oh, look, he's in this book. Oh, now this book is a team book. Oh, now these people got their own books. So let me get more. And that's how it kind of is with the clandestines. Because, like, eh, you see them. But they weren't, they didn't really take off all that. All the, You know, they weren't very popular. It's not like, oh, Spider-Man, everybody knows who that is. Um, the clandestines or a.k.a. the Jinn. We don't, we don't really see too much of them. And the comics so much. Maybe now, now that they're reintroduced to Miss Marvel, um, and maybe we'll see more of them, um, or more learn more about them. I, I, that I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's talk just briefly because I know we'll, we'll wrap up here in, in a bit. But you just brought up the gin, and I want to really briefly just talk about that because yeah. that was one of the things that annoyed a lot of the Muslim watchers um, who were watching the show. They're like, really? They use jinn as being her, you know, she's she's a jinn. But I wanted to, to clarify some things. And, and this is, and of course, I, I went back to Reddit just to verify I was in the right here. But, mm-hmm. but you know, it eventually comes out that she's not really a jinn. So, and I can I can define jinn if you want, but, you know, I'm sure wait, wait, Google the, Wait, wait, they were saying Miss Marvel was a jinn? Exactly. They were oh. saying it in the show. But it was only like that, I don't know, what was it? like the second episode and it was at that episode that i swear like muslims everywhere on the internet were like what they were so angry (laughs) about that and but then oh if they had just held on because some of them stopped watching it honestly i heard some people like i'm not gonna watch it again but if they had just held on it got clarified in the next episode that she is not a jinn she's not a jinn Uh, i think even waleed uh the the guy from the the red dagger who gives her her part of her costume he even says that you know if thor turned up here on a mountain or something we'd all call him jinn because you just call anything unexplainable a jinn right so she's not really a jinn and i really wanted to clarify that for people out there uh you know if they had just held on for one more episode uh, they would have seen that she's not a jinn but uh 
Yeah, I mean, she's now we know she's a, like a mutant of some yeah. sort. Her, her bangle turns on her DNA mm. to whatever, you know. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, that was one of the things that I saw that people were criticizing it is... Uh, is they didn't like that, that piece of it. Uh, they were calling it sort of like Orientalism. They were like, oh, because because of Islam, we we have a belief in, in jinn, and there are these creations that, that we believe in. They're not like they're not like demons or anything. They're good and bad jinns. But people were just saying, oh, it was just such a lazy way she's, to, to say where she got her powers because she's mm, Muslim. So they're mm. like, oh, you know. But mm. yeah, if you, if you go ahead and you go back to the episode, you know, they clarify she's not a jinn. They're just using that word to signify something mysterious right. and unexplainable. So I just wanted to put that out there because a lot of Muslims did. They stopped watching it. I'm serious. They stopped yay. watching it after that. Well, yay for Red Dagger and for you for explaining that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I love that. Um, I loved... I, I loved how her, her how her costume, how her name, mm-hmm. how everything came together. It was yes. just like this this metaphor of her community, her yes. culture. Oh man! Um, I just that that was probably like even her like where her name like Miss Marvel came from. It yes. didn't come from Carol Danvers, right? Like this was all her. Right. And with her necklace i remember when they were showing her necklace which is in arabic it said kamala and i remember everyone in my family noticed the the k so in arabic k is calf and it looks like a lightning bolt it's just that softer kind of curvy lightning bolt and we had already called it we're like oh that's where she's gonna get her symbol is from the first letter in her name, the K. Mm-hmm. So that's what ends up being her symbol, right? Is like the lightning bolt. It's not that jagged one that we're used to from the comics, yeah. but it's that smoother. Well, that's the letter K. It's not a flash one. Every yeah. word. <laughs> it's not yeah. flash. <laughs> yeah. And, and then her, her costume is, you know, from her friends and family. Her mm-hmm. mom sews it. Her name is from the word, you know, the Arabic word of miracle or marvel. Uh, and so all of these things. And I think you know, Naki even says, made in Pakistan, huh? Yeah, I know. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that even like the fabric is from the Sindh region, which is every region in Pakistan has their own sort of, um, their own sort of threading and style. Mm-hmm. And so that was represented in her costume is the Sindh region is in Karachi, which is where her family is yep. from. So they even had that in her costume. So there was just so much. I just I love that interweaving of, of all of that uh, mm-hmm. to sort of connect her to her culture and her roots. So and it's one oh. of, and it's one of those things. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, well, now you know. Now and you, know. you can always look yeah. it up. I mean, that's yeah. the. And I think any show you you could do that with any show that you're really invested in, where you especially where you a show where you see yourself, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna do deep dives. I mean, I can tell you how many things I learned from Black Panther. You know oh, yeah. the, all the different all the different African tribes and cultures that were you know that made up Wakanda. I mean, it's right. the same thing. But you know, here we are with Miss Marvel, and you could do all these deep dives and how great it is for that. I mean, yeah. you can't you can't be mad at it. I'm sorry, old no, boy, crawling on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> for the last time, I'm gonna bet you that. But <laughs> I man, know, I know that was a hard one. But yeah, I know. I I I. That's why I was saying that this is our Black Panther and. Mm-hmm. I've just been so happy that this is a show by us for us, so that means there's authenticity, and yeah. and then that brings a certain amount of dignity to our work, and and not only is it a gift to our community, but it's an achievement by us, and nobody nobody gifted it to us, we yeah. earned it, yeah. it's ours, we made it, it's it's, you know, 
it's our work of art representing our experience and yeah. our culture. And that's what I love about this show. And I really hope everyone watches it and also picks up a comic book. And I just want to thank you, Breck, for no geeking out with me and talking about Proud Ms. to. Marvel. Happy yes. to. Yes. Yay. <laughs> and, and yeah, well, I think our next episode will just have to be on Monica Rambeau so we can sort of tie it all in together, right? Yeah, because I think the movie bit. comes out, what, next year? Two years? Next year. Next year? So, <laughs> okay. Well, we've got a see? year, and we know how often we come yeah, out with episodes. That is so true. Oh, man. You <laughs> we'll never see lie. when the next one comes out. But for now, we'll we'll leave you with, uh, you know, watching Miss Marvel, and uh, we hope everyone enjoyed today's episode, and we'll geek out with you till next time. Thanks, everyone. Yes, I will see you later.